And rounding off our panel, David Forrest. David, how are you? Still lost in an industrial estate in Inverness, it seems. This wasn't how it's supposed to go. I should be the one you're dancing with, spinning with a vodka coke. Everybody at my fingertips. I was gonna get my code, and baby, you were meant to follow me. And I was gonna act surprised, even though I know you wanted me. It's not like I've been crying, no. There's just smoke in my Hello, and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, the last of our weekly episodes of the 2021-22 season. Joining me to look back on our playoff defeat and the season as a whole, Reese Haldane. Reese, how are you? I am not too bad. Um, obviously, the season didn't quite pan out the way we hoped for in the end, but uh, I'm sure we'll touch on the, the season as a whole, so looking forward to a good wee chat. Jamie McDonald's here. Jamie, how are you, Bill? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too bad. Similar to what Reese said, it was kind of a Disappointing end to the season, but enjoyed bits of the season. Be interesting to talk about it all. And rounding off our panel, David Forrest. David, how are you? It's the end of the season, and I'm a bit gutted that this is kind of the end of the pod and for, and for the summer, but it's the best week of the year. Eurovision, Moldova, winning the whole thing. Um, it's going to be great. We'll start with a brief chat on our, our playoff defeat to Inverness. Reese, how were you feeling going into the first leg? Were you happy with the the starting eleven we put out that night, it looked looked pretty strong. We we went for it as well. What did you make of the first leg? The first leg, I thought um, all things started pretty well. Was relatively happy with the team. We looked like we'd it did look like a KGF in the first half. Um, the whole game, to be fair, wasn't the the most beautiful game of football by any stretch of the imagination. But you expect that in the, the first the first leg of, of any tie. And obviously we had chances, and when we went 1-0 up, it gave you that wee 1% belief that we all started to think at that moment, like, we could actually go and do this, even though you're six fixtures away from the Premiership. But for that, for those 10 minutes, you actually thought, we'll go and do this. Um, and obviously we had, we had chances um, after that. It looked like we were in the ascendancy after we went 1-0 up. Obviously, Snedden's had a really good season, but he was poor for their goal. And the less said about Alec, there's missed the better. And then another mistake, and they go and they go and take the big the big advantage into the second leg. But it was it was a shame that we'd done we'd done undone our hard work with mistakes. But we still had the second leg to go into, and obviously that that wasn't much better. But we'll we'll come on to that. Jamie, despite a, a strong looking starting eleven, I'd, I'd say in both legs to be honest, how big a miss do you think Lewis Mayo was across the tie? I mean, I think he was a massive miss, to be honest. Like, we all know how influential he's been this season. He's been crucial for us at the back. and All three goals that we conceded over the course of the two ties, you know, they all came from errors. And you can't really remember Mayo making many errors this season, barring that own goal at Dunfermline. I think that's probably his only mistake that comes to mind for me. So he's just such a solid player to have at the back. And it just, you know, he works well with Holt. And we definitely did miss him in the games and I'd say in the first leg we did also miss Kyle Turner because we had quite a few set pieces and the delivery just wasn't always great. Well David, I'm sure you were actually secretly quite happy with, 
we lost Inverness, so you didn't have to explain to your friends that you wouldn't be joining them for a, a Eurovision party for the, the semi-final, not even the Eurovision final, the semi-final. You had a big dilemma for on Tuesday night. It's where all, it's where all the, the big concerts, where all the mental guys are before um, they all get eliminated. It's, it's the place to be. Anyway, David, we went up to Inverness on Friday night, trailing by a goal, but in relatively okay spirits. How were you? How were you feeling making a trip up? We still had a bit of hope that you know we'd went one 0 up in the first leg, um, and th- you know, we had conceded the two goals. And yeah, I think going in, sort of a little bit of an expectation of, that we could maybe nick something. We didn't think it was going to be a pretty game or anything like that, but. You know, over two legs, knockout, football, whatever. We've shown that we can win games of football um, from from time to time. I know that's like damning with faint praise, but yeah, like we, we have players there and you kind of think that maybe they could have pulled something at the bag or whatever, but it wasn't, it wasn't great, to be honest. It, it wasn't terrible. Um, again, much like last week, I talked about how we played quite poorly, but weren't as bad as, say, previous games that this season I think we're alright but it was very endemic of our season it was just we have players there that can do stuff but it just kind of all didn't come together and yeah it's just it's just one of those things where like we've got some quality in our team but um, sadly the fairy tale wasn't to be No it wasn't, there were a few decent performances I thought, I thought Robbie Crawford built on this a good performance at air he was one of the few players that performed well at air and I thought he was good in the the first leg, I thought he really deserved his goal. He was playing in the middle. We went 4-3-3, playing in a more natural position, and I thought it suited him. Um, it maybe didn't suit Bannigan or Doherty as much, but I thought we saw a better performance from Crawford in the first leg. Reese, the second leg, what did you make of that? We just never really got going, did we? Um, and yet again, all three goals that Inverness scored across the tie was from three fissile mistakes. and it's, That's the most disappoint, disappointing part. See, if we'd been torn apart... Um, and Inverness broke us down and deservedly won, then you hold your hands up. But it's the fact it was like three errors, like unforced errors as well at that. Um, so that's that's a disappointing aspect of it. Um, but of course, we had our chances. Graham hit the bar. I think it was Graham that hit the bar. Um, and then obviously Graham had the header that we just pulled off a, a, a brilliant save from. But just one of them ones. It never looked like it was going to be a night. We could pl- probably have played for another half an hour, another hour, and we still wouldn't have scored. But... I just I wasn't happy with the, the starting lineup when it came out on Friday night. I don't know why Foster was back in and Cammy Smith in from the start as well. And, the, and you see at half time, Kyle Turner and Yukubiak comes on and we just look far more up for it. Both of those players should have been on from the start when they were fit. As I say, it was, it's disappoint, disappointing that we've, we've sort of fell at the first playoff hurdle, but at the end of the day, um, now we can just focus on having a, a really good summer in the transfer market and sort of build a good squad to go and challenge next year To be fair to Inverness I thought David Carson I thought had had a rotten time of it in the 3-3 game up at Inverness earlier this season Tiffany tore him apart that night but he actually handled Tiffany really well across both legs Inverness were really quick to to nullify Tiffany Turner didn't play all the minutes but we weren't a threat from set pieces at all and when those two things Tiffany and set pieces are, are nullified we're not offering too much so Inverness Probably did their jobs from a defensive point of view. As you say, it's disappointing that we handed them three goals. I think their second goal at Farhill was a good counter-attack off the back of a docket mistake. But yeah, individual mistakes cost us in the end. Jamie, what were your thoughts on the tie as a whole? Pretty similar to what's been said. I thought in the first leg, we looked 
the better team for quite a bit of it. But stupid errors ended up resulting in us walking away with a defeat. In the second leg, I thought we were all right. I thought we had an okay performance. Like we said, when uh, Turner and Kubek came on, we instantly looked better. I remember saying in the chat at halftime, we just need to get them on. But we just weren't good enough over the tie as a whole. We just didn't really have that killer edge about as I thought. And you could tell we you could tell we didn't have a right mid on. Like I've said this multiple times this season. We just kind of obvious at times I feel you don't have a right mid because some of McKenna or Foster, whoever was playing right back at times, would get the ball and there'd be no one in front of them making a proper run or coming in, you know, dropping in deep to play one two with me when when you saw that on the left with Tiffany and Hendry linking up where we just kinda of didn't have the same down the right and it's just been frustrating to watch at times this season and hopefully in the summer we can bring in a good right mid and obviously we'll be looking for a new right back as well with McKenna and Foster both leaving today and I'm sure we'll want to talk about that more later. Yep, we're about to go on to, to review everybody's season. David, any more thoughts on the playoff before we do that? Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, I mean, I, I do want to mention the Allegri miss. Oh, I mean, he will be defined by that miss. And Vanessa, we're so lucky that, that he scuffed that. If he scores that, it's a completely different game. As you say, we were probably the better team for large portions of the game for how if we were to take a poo-poo to Inverness, I think that possibly it could have been, it could have been a little bit different, but I, I I've, I've talked before about how I don't really get pissed off with players like much. You know, they they all play a part and they're part of the team, and we should respect that. And I don't generally get you know I respect them for being part. But one like that pissed me off so much with that miss, and I know it's a shame. You know, he's a he's a young guy or whatever, but fucking hell, man! Like see, seriously, and yeah, it's just it's just one of those things where if that goes in. Goes to two each, you know. When when behind ourselves, all that we could we could have maybe done something. But the second the second you think me um, lobbed it over, you just knew not happening. <laughs> so congratulations, Inverness. Um, I hope you enjoy the money. Is it so some lessons in grace and decorum? <laughs> that would have made it two one on the night So we would have actually went ahead with ten minutes left on the clock. So who knows what would have happened? We're going to go on to talk about turning points in the season a bit later, but I think. It's it's harsh on Allegra because he's a young striker, but we sign Allegra on loan in January and Yakubiak, and they've got one goal between them. Um, and Inverness sign Austin Samuels on loan in January, and albeit he's not been setting the world alight, but two goals in the in the tie for him, one at for Hill, one in Inverness, and that was the difference in the end. The the clinical finishes from Inverness because I don't think between the boxes there was much in it. Anyway. We're going to move on. We're going to rate every player's season out of 10 and then we're going to discuss if we should keep them, if we should loan them out or if we should release them. So we will go through it in position order. We will mention um, as we go the guys that have been released today. Uh, but we'll start in goals and Jamie, I'll come to you first. Jamie Snedden, a rating out of 10 for the season and are we keeping him for next year? I'd give Snedden makes it a little bit harsh. 7 out of 10. I think he's had a very good season. It's definitely been his best season for us, but I think the only thing bringing it down is a couple of you know big errors during the season. Also, was there in the playoff and that one up at Inverness and uh, the one against Hamilton. There's been a few kind of glaring howlers, but he's made some very very important saves as well. And I definitely would say we're keeping him next season. I don't see any reason why we wouldn't. Reese, yeah, I've got to got to agree with Jamie on that. I'd probably say a seven out of ten too. It has it has came of age this year, um, but still parts of me doesn't feel too confident. And at times, like as has been mentioned before, and it's so often the case with Snedden, like 
he'll pull off wonder saves that he has absolutely no right to make. But sometimes the simple saves, um, he just doesn't do as well with them. Like you look back at the the air game a few weeks ago, and the, it just lets the the ball go through his legs from a header. Even over the course of the two Inverness games, I didn't think he covered himself in in too much glory. But a decent season, um, and hopefully we have a, an experienced keeper in next year just to give him a wee bit of competition. David. Seeing as I had a, a drunken exchange of ideas in the pub about how Stedden probably should have won Player of the Year, I feel I feel compelled to back him up here. Um, I would probably go eight. I mean, he broke he broke the clean sheet record, and yeah, he did have he did have his errors, but I think a lot of that comes down to similar to the the centre backs and his confidence. Like when when he was going on the clean sheet record, he was absolutely incredible. And you get 20, 20 or 19 or 20 clean sheets this season. I don't think Harry Stone got one when he was in goal for us. Yeah, and he, he's really changed from the, the keeper we saw at the start of the season. I think when no one Keenan Wright was uh, sent back to Rangers or whatever, I think a lot of us had our doubts about, we obviously wanted Sneddon to stay and we wanted him to get a bit, you know, to get a chance. But I don't think there's anybody who realistically could have said that that he would come on the way that he did. He does make errors, but I mean, that that's some. It's, it's, it's sad to say, but it's a hallmark of a good pistol keeper. They'll make unreal saves, um, for shots he should never get to, but also make basic errors on saves that realistically they should be making. Um, he he is very much a pistol keeper, and he's really grown this season. So I would give him eight out of ten because he's had a, he's had some fantastic runs, and he's there's been so many points that he saved us. But as well as that, there has been games where he's made some colossal error. I'll back you up, David. I'll go eight, eight out of ten as well. I think he's won more points than he's he's lost us. Um, a couple of his well, you look at the Inverness away, he, he probably cost that game. But the other mistakes he's he's made, um, you think Hamilton at home and Air away were in the games we wouldn't have won anyway. Um, I think he's won as more points than he's lost. Outstanding performance. He's coupled down against Queen of the South at Palmerston, home against Inverness, big saves throughout the season away at Kilmarnock. Um, but as you said, I would like to see an experienced guy sort of pushing him on next season, almost playing the Paul Gallagher role. Um, that would be good to see. And uh, as Harry Stone's not here to defend himself, I believe he did keep a clean sheet at East End Park in the 3-0 to, uh, win, David. So... Shout out to Harry Stone for that. Yep. Uh, next up, I uh, don't think there's going to be much debate here. This could be a quick one. Andy Firth. Um, and just for, for quickness sake, any advance on zero out of ten and get rid? Uh, minus one. Fair. Because um, at least Mason McCready, I mean, well, we'll get on to him, but like, I, I didn't know whether we were going to do this sort of like, keep thing of, you know, the player ratings are sixes. They've done absolutely nothing. They've not been bad. They've not been good. That would be a six. But um, no, n- negative one is between zero and ten. But he was literally flying a Union Bears banner on the pitch at Ibrox last week, and he doesn't even mention that he's our keeper in his bio on Twitter. And he's tweeted about it approximately once since he signed. Um, so negative one. Any advance on minus one for Andy Firth? Smashing. Goodbye. Thank you for your service. Next. Mason McCready didn't feature in any competitive games, but a couple of runouts and friendlies earlier in the season. Jamie, what do we think about him? Um, we're probably looking more ahead to next season for him rather than reviewing what he's done this season. I mean, I find it hard to give him a rating because I wasn't at many of the friendlies, to be honest, at the start of the season. So 
I mean, hopefully he gets some sort of run out next season if he is going to be in the team. Maybe a League Cup group stage game if we have to, or if we've already qualified by the last game, he maybe will get a run out then. You can see a little bit more what he's made of. And if he does go out on loan, I hope it's a bit of a better loan than a non-league. If he could at least get like a, maybe a League 2 or a League 1 loan, something that could really challenge him at a good level and see, see a bit more what he's made of and if he's got a future for the club. So hopefully that happens. I agree. I think I'd rather see him get loaned out to, as you say, League 2 club, possibly League 1. Um, but I would imagine League 2 as he's not played much senior football before. And as we've said, we'd be looking for an experienced backup goalkeeper, I think, going into next season with, with Sneddon and McCready would be a bit risky. So do we all agree, loan McCready out? Yeah, I would. I do, yeah. I do think there is something in McCready. Like, I, I mean, I've seen him in the East Coast right friendly and I actually really, really liked him in that. And I think there is, there is something there. But yeah, he's not going to get many games for this. Good stuff. We'll move on to a player who was released today. Uh, Ricky Forster was released today, so we're not going to be discussing keep loan or release for him. But um, a score out of 10 for Ricky Forster's season, Reese. See, um. For for the longest period, I was always like pro Forster. I always thought it does bring something to the team. I know people were always on his back and stuff, but but this season I do think it's it's sort of caught up with him. His his legs had kind of gone. We signed him as a right back throughout the whole season, and even last season as well. He played better at left back, and he kind of only was playing there because Kevin Holt had to get switched to centre half. So for me, I I agree with him being released today. I don't think I, I definitely would not have been happy if he got a new deal. Maybe a wee bit harsh, but I'd give my four out of ten. It's nothing special. Jamie, I don't think Foss has been great this season, but I don't think he's been terrible either. I think he did a job for us uh, in some games. Maybe didn't have his best games other times. I know he's not always been the most popular player with some fans, but I don't think he's been terrible. Uh, I'll give him a, I'll give him a six. Maybe a five. Um, a five actually, because I gave seven a seven, so a five. David? Yeah, it's one of those ones with Ricky Foster where you kind of saw, I, I was always more pro Foster than most people and, you know, I did I did see a bit more in him than maybe a lot of people did this season for a long time, but I think it is a case of time has caught up with him, you know, his legs aren't what they used to be and, yeah, just the way it ended with him, you know, Mysteriously storming down the tunnel at Dunfermline, missing games, uh, being in and out of the squad, everything that happened at United and stuff like that, and then the sort of media things afterwards, and it 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 was it wasn't the best end, especially when his last game was against Inverness. But he was a vital part of that sort of back four, who broke the clean sheet record. I think a lot of people have put stock in Holt Mayo and Akinola for that, but. Foster was on the right quite a lot um, for those games, and his contribution should be recognised for that. I don't, I don't think he would have had another season in him with us anyway. I think maybe, I think maybe the standard just maybe it would be one step too far for him to get another season out of the championship. We definitely needed to upgrade, but he's he's been he's been better than. You know, some people might give him credit for, but I don't think he's been especially great. And he did send a Kelty Hearts player into the shadow realm with one of the best pieces of skill I've ever seen from a Fissel player um, in that friendly at the first game of the season. So, 5 out of 10 for Ricky Foster. 
I'll go five as well. I was tempted to join Reese with four, but I think recency bias does play a part. I think I said last week our first season was swapped around the, the first half and the second half and we'd won and win our win and run at the second half of the season. We'd look on it differently. I think Foster had a really good middle three months of the season. I don't think he started the season well. I think he was given penalties away left, right and centre early on. But I, I, during the clean sheet run, he was a really important player. I remember him having a few decisive blocks in a couple of the games we won one now. So he did have a really good sort of winter. And I think injuries have just caught up with him and sort of legs and lack of form as well in the last two or three months. So I agree with the decision to release him and I'll go, go five out of ten for Foster. Another fullback, perhaps this one played at a position, released today, Kieran McKenna. Jamie, did you agree with the decision to release McKenna? How would you rate his season? I thought McKenna was going to get kept as a backup, to be honest. I could I could have seen him getting kept. Would I want us to go into next season with him as first choice right back? Realistically, no. I think we needed to upgrade both fullbacks, to be honest. We've already done that with Milne coming in, and hopefully we get a good attacking right back in. Uh, but I would have probably kept him as a backup. It's been a bit difficult for him, obviously, getting played and on and on that position but he kind of had to do that in League One as well back at the start of the League One season I actually quite liked to look at him as a centre half I thought he contributed well but I always was never fully confident of him as a right back I just don't think he gave enough going forward he kind of always just took a heavy touch and his final ball wasn't fantastic but defensively he was alright probably apart from that 4-1 Dunfermline game I thought he never really was atrocious defensively or anything but he did probably need an upgrade but I'm slightly surprised he's leaving as I did think he stays a backup Six out of ten. David? I, I'd probably say it's either five or six for me. Um, I'd probably say six. Um, I think he he was all right cover, but never really asserted himself as a, a like as a, a, a name on the team sheet. You know, he was there to cover for Foster or play at centre-back or whatever, but he, he, he wasn't going to be, as Jamie said, you wouldn't want him to be the first team choice next season. You would want someone above him. And I, I, yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably say five. Reese. Yeah, I'm going to go middle of the road there. I'm going to, I don't know if we're doing half points, but I'd give him a five and a half. Um, I, I've always been quite complimentary of McKenna I feel like he was hung out to dry a bit um, and he was given a bit of a thankless task having to play right back all season I mean the guys guys are centre half is six foot three six foot four um, it just looks awkward um, and as Jamie mentioned there was only really one game where he had like an absolute disaster in terms of defensively um, and he did chip in with the odd assist now and again I know his deliveries weren't great and if he could put a ball in the box then he'd probably have about 20 assists because he was getting in positions but um, of course his final ball wasn't wasn't the best considering he's a centre half, um, so I I think it was harsh to harsh to release him. I'd have liked to have seen him kept as a, a squad player, but at the end of the day, it frees up another wage to hopefully improve the squad. So five and a half. I'll go. I'll go six. Probably yeah. Scrape a six. I I, I quite like McKenna. I'm not sad that he's leaving, but I think I might have offered him a deal just because he's. Uh, versatile across the back four and that's always good we've talked about squad depth this season it could be helpful next season squad depth but as as you guys have said if he was starting at right back next season I'd be concerned I'm glad we're looking to improve the right back area I think we need 
a sort of attacking progressive right back, especially if we're not playing an out-and-out winger down the right-hand side. Um, that right-hand side attacking has been a huge problem this season. But um, he's a player you wish all the best because he, he did always give give us all, got a, a good equaliser up out of growth. So leaves the best wishes. He was part of the, the title-winning team last year as well. So fair play to Kieran McKenna. David, we'll come to you for the next one and we'll move into centre-backs and we'll start with Kevin Holt. Kevin Holt, I mean, again, one of the sort of the fulcrums in our defence, you know, in that back four, you know, keeping so many clean sheets. Played at left back, played at centre back, chipped in with some goals. There was there was a, a couple of weeks where it looked like we had this weird goal assist partnership between Holt and Turner. I think Holt got two against Fairman from Corners and Turner. I think he got another one like the week after or something like that. He did get a couple of goals. He was he was pretty much ever present. Is that right? He must be one of the highest opinions people in the squad because he fell in for me when he was away. He fell in for Akinola when he was like, sent off and you know losing confidence and stuff like that. He generally just always seems to be there and he's doesn't matter if you put him a left back or centre back. He's been he's been brilliant. I think arguably of the sort of back four, you know the um, you know whole McKay, whole Mayo Akinola. And either Foster or McKenna, he is the least error prone of them all. And I, you could you could make a case for him being our best defender of the of the year. Um, so I would, I'm, you know what, I'm going to go a nine. Oh, first nine. You, you mentioned that he's got a, a case to be the best defender in the year. We are going to do the the annual draw loser draw awards later on in the episode. So. He might feature in uh, the player of the year discussions there. Reese, what about you? Uh, Kevin Holt, big fan? Massive fan. I think he's up there in contention to sign in the season as well. Um, as, as has been mentioned, he's an absolute stalwart for us. Um, and it's one that kind of took us by surprise. Like I know we're probably all familiar with Kevin Holt when he signed. Like, he had had a couple of spells at Queen of the South, a couple of spells in Cyprus. and He was at Dundee, um, obviously playing left-back during these times. And he was... He was all right in the ball, he had a good free kick, a good set piece, and um, of course he's always a threat from corners, but defensively I never thought too much of him, but this season he's, yeah, I think he's, he's completely took me by surprise. Um, he puts his head where others wouldn't put their boots. Um, he's just solid and absolutely ever-present. As David mentioned, he doesn't really make mistakes, bar a very crucial one up in Inverness, so that was it's disappointing for him. And of course he, he chips in with a lot of goals as well. Um, and he's a guy that I could actually see if, well, obviously... Ross Docherty is our captain, but he's a, he's a real leader at the back as well. Um, and I'm going to match David and say a 9 out of 10. A very good season for Kevin Holt. Jamie? Yeah, basically echoing what's been said so far. I think he's, I think Holt's been really, really good this season. Again, what he said, he was surprising me. I didn't think he'd be a bad signing, but he's been a very, very good signing. Uh, he's good in there. He's not actually really bad on the ball. He's chipped with a lot of goals, even. Even scored a penalty. Surprisingly, took a penalty. I don't know if that will be the same next season or if someone else will get get the ball. But yeah, he's been he's been very very good, ever present in the side. And yeah, I think the fans are really really taking to him because they know he really does give us all for the for the team. And he's one I'm looking forward to seeing again next season. He'd be that centre half or left back, and most likely centre half according to my call. So I'll give him an eight and a half. I've seen when you mentioned about the penalty. I totally forgot about the penalty. Totally forgot that he played up front of us for a game or two when we had no strikers or whatever. It wasn't the greatest, but he, he did do it and he looked far better than, say, a Juan Allegra. I'm going to go the full booner. 10 out of 10 for Kevin Hall. Oh, 
he chucked in a goal in a playoff. Recency bias. Don't don't let that cloud you. Ten out of ten. I'm going to join Jamie with an eight point five because not been affected by recency bias of Hulk's last six months. I think he was a wee bit of a slow starter for us. And it probably wasn't his fault because he was switching between left-back and, and centre-back. Um, as you say, I think you've all said it, he has really surprised me with his, his aerial threat in the box. He wins so many headers when we are defending set-pieces. I think that's been a huge a huge thing in our sort of clean-sheet run. We've not conceded too many goals from set-pieces this season. I think Hulk's the main reason why. A centre-back that chips in with goals as well. We've missed that for years. Anderson did it for a bit, but really since Liam Lindsay, we've not had it. And despite the slow start that I mentioned, I've probably been a bit pernickety. Um, he has been brilliant, outstanding. So I'm looking forward to seeing him at centre-back next season. So I'll go 8.5 as well, Jamie. Um, next centre-back, I think it's going to be, he's going to be spoken about in similarly glowing terms. Reese, I'll start with you with this one, Lewis Mayo. Yep, another player that I'm an absolutely huge fan of. Um, I've said countless times, an absolute Rolls Royce of a defender strolls through games has every single attribute that you need to get to the very top um, and obviously as soon as uh, his post today just fighting the club that for the loan spell on it but it's, it's a guy that I would absolutely love to have back next year um, it's going to be a real stretch for us because of course he'll have he'll have plenty of suitors and we're still in the championship and he's probably he's, he's definitely ready to play in the premiership so um, if he doesn't come back to Farhill for for whatever whatever means, um, then uh, it's a player that I wish all the best. Um, and similarly, I'm going to give him a, a nine point, a, a nine out of ten. Sorry, um, and a great season for Lewis Mayo. Um, so yeah, David. No, I totally agree. Um, a, a fantastic player. If if it was possible, I would absolutely be throwing everything at the wall to try and get back. He, he he was with us before and it was it was great. So I, when he came back, I think people had high expectations. But as well as that, it was always the running the risk of oh, if signing back to play a special alone, is he is he going to take to the team like he did before? Or was it just you know a, a purple patch? Even though when he signed for us, we were running the best shape. But yeah, he he's been amazing. Um, I absolutely loved watching him. Um, and yeah, just he just feels. It, it, it's it's a good hallmark that you kind of forget he's on loan, and you just think he is a he is a a proper thistle player, like he, he is a thistle man. He just um yeah, I think he, he's been absolutely fantastic. I'd love to have him back. I think the only thing that I can the only sort of thing I can maybe glean in terms of a negative is that can sometimes get a wee bit flustered, maybe give away a penalty or two. I think he gave away one. Round about the Hamilton game, and there was one or two. And I remember when he was in the Scotland duty, gave away a needless penalty. Um, I think sometimes he can, it can maybe be to his detriment that. But I mean, it's not, it's not an overwhelming thing that's going to hamper him or anything like that. You should be absolutely playing in the Premiership. So yeah, I'd give him a nine. No, I agree. I'm surprised we got him on loan. To be honest, I'd be even more surprised if we got him back in the Championship next season. Um. As you see, David, there was a time where I think he was quite erratic when folk ran at him. He either backed off too much or, or dived in, but he's not really done that recently. Uh, and the only sort of faults I can pick out with the, the Dunfermline game, which was bad for everybody. And for a guy his size, he should maybe get even more goals from, from corners. I think it's just the one at home at Hamilton this season, which was an important goal. But I think he could score even more goals, but I'm going to go nine as well. Jamie, what about you? 
I think I'm just going to go up at 8.5 again. Similar to Holt, I think Maples had a really, really good season. Really glad we got him back, even though he only played three games in his first spell. I mean, he looked, looked the real deal. And, um, yeah, he's been he's been fantastic this season. And very, very glad that we got him back. As you said, he scored an important goal against Hamilton. Shame he probably didn't get a few more. But when we didn't have him in the side, you could see we were missing him in the playoffs and the games he was away in international duty. So he's been a, he's been a real mainstay in the side as well, similar to Holt. And I doubt we're going to get him back next season. I think we're going to miss him. We'll move on to another centre back. This one might be a bit more, bit more interesting. Tunji Akinola. David, I'll start with you. I assume we're all, we're all going to say keep Tunji Akinola, but I think the the scores could vary a bit on this one. Oh, definitely. You want, you want to keep Akinola. It's it's one of those things like um, Reese kind of mentioned that we were going. It, it stuck with me, and that when Akinola went for his step in form. But he'd set himself such a high standard. He was unreal for us. And even then, he still pulled out some fantastic stuff. There was a slide tackle against, was it, Farhill? Um, the second last game at Farhill before the playoffs, he pulled out an amazing slide tackle, that one of the best I've seen in a long, long, long time, until Stephen Hendry did it next week as well. But, um, yeah, I think he was absolutely fantastic for us. Um, it's weird in that, when he came to us, he, he he kind of him and McCullough both stated that he struggled to adapt a little bit, but you couldn't tell it when you saw him in the pitch. The only time you really saw him faced probably was against Arbroath. That was sort of the only time he looked mortal until um, he kind of he got red carded and lost a bit of his confidence. And yeah, I think that he's been absolutely fantastic for us, and I have no doubt that he will get his his performance back. I think it's just we held we held him to such a high standard for someone who kind of came in. And said, oh, Premier League, you know, that's kind of a poison chalice at the time because you're like, well, you know, he was playing in the Premier League, he must be good. But as well as that, he's been released from a club at the Premier League. So, you know, why is, why is he with us? And there must be something there. I think he's been absolutely fantastic most of the season. And I'm sure that McCall will be able to get him, get him rolling in all cylinders um, before next season because I think he'll, he'll be absolutely integral for us next season. And um, yeah, he's been brilliant. Eight out of ten, I'd say. Eight, crikey, Reese, you gonna agree with an eight? Um, well, so, well, the thing with Tunji, um, I think Tunji was on course to be our player of the year. I mean, his first twenty, his first twenty games, I think he had something like fifteen clean sheets. Well, we're all saying that it'd be, it'd be absolutely wild if we managed to get him on a new contract. It'll be an absolute steal. Um, and we managed to get it done. Fissel actually tweeted out. The best defender in the league extends the state for how, um, and that wasn't a that wasn't a fist exaggerating. Tunjakinola was that good, and he still is a really good player. He's just still still recovering from that knot in confidence, and he's in and out of the team and whatnot. Um, and as David said, he'll get back to that. I, I do believe he will get back to that, and I do think he's a he's a really good player. For me, if if you'd asked me if the season stopped January time. Tunji would be my player of the year, but obviously he's kind of he's, he sort of fell off in comparison to his high standard. So I'm going to give him an eight point an eight out of ten as well. Um, it's room for improvement there, but all in a good a good debut season and very helpful Tunji. Jamie, I think you've been the harshest critic so far. Are you going to back up, make it three eights? Yeah, I agree with an eight. I think. Akinola was really, really, really good in the first half of the season. He was brilliant. Him and Mayo had a fantastic centre-half partnership. 
one of the best ones we've seen in years, if not the best. It was great to watch him, and yeah, after that red card against Airdrie, just knocked his confidence, and he never really, never really got it fully back. He had a couple games ago, like he was getting back to his best, but like said, he'd been in and out the side, and I thought sometimes harshly brought off in games that he was doing well, in. and yeah, it's it, that'll be a knock to confidence, but hopefully over pre-season he can get that confidence back and do well in the new season. And not sure what role he'll be playing with uh, Darren Brownley coming back, but yeah, he's he's been a really good player, and I'm I'm really glad he's still here next season. Put it this way, like Akinola had more brilliant games for us this season than Tiffany had for us in the League One season. In terms of the number of games where they were absolutely brilliant, and T- Akinola had more than Tiffany did, and Tiffany was like, was he our player for the year last year? He must have been, but like he was, he was that good for longer than Tiffany was in League One. Just that Tiffany didn't have the other games after, uh, before or after. I think that's the problem. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. Akinola had played lots and lots of brilliant games, but. I'm going to go seven. I'm delighted he's here next season. I think he's he's a great centre-back. I agree with Reese. If the season ended in January, he'd have been our player of the year. But that red card was in January. That was four months ago. That is a big chunk of the season to have dipped in. Um, I, th- I think McCall will get his confidence back. I think Akinola will find his confidence again. But he did not have a good last two or three months. So I'm going to go seven out of ten for Akinola. And the last centre-back we've got, Jamie, I'll start with you on this one. Stephen Bell also released today 11 appearances, played in the first five games, but then missed a big chunk of the season and just reduced his substitute appearances for the last couple of months. Um, agree with the decision to release Bell and a score out of 10? Yeah, realistically, I couldn't see him playing a role here next season. On the playing side anyway, part of me thinks he's going to retire and join McCall's coaching staff. Uh, if he joins a part-time club, join part-time coaching staff with McCall. That seems to be a big part of the dressing room. So off the pitch, I'd give him a high rating because he does seem to be good in the dressing room. McCall definitely is a good character to have around. But on the pitch, you know, he just he just didn't look up to the standards this season. He was too slow and sluggish. He couldn't really last too long, to be honest. He was a big part of a League One team. So, you know, always remember him for me for that. But I'll give him a free for this season. He just, just wasn't really out of the races this year. Reese, I am... Um... It's got to be a three for me as well. I gave Foster a four, um, and it's not to say in the games that Bell did play that he was it was shocking or anything. It's just he didn't play much many minutes at all. He started a few of the Betfred Cup games, started the first game of the season, and we didn't hear from him for for the best part of the season. And in the last the last few weeks, he's been getting minutes here and there, the last ten minutes of the game to shore up the team. Um, and of course, I think he's probably a very vocal. Uh, player in the changing room, probably really instrumental in that in that aspect. But uh, on the playing side of things, a three out of ten, um, and of course, all the best for whatever he chooses to do next. And thank we thank him for his services in the League One season. David, quick word on Bill. Yeah, I was stunned to re- to hear that he's eleven appearances <laughs> this season. I could not believe it. But yeah, I mean, looking at it. He- after the League Cup crews, especially after the Finland game, you kind of knew it wasn't it wasn't going to last, and we needed to make some changes. Arguably, that the Finland game was one of the best things that could have happened to us because it showed us that we needed the strength and needed to go out and get Neo and Akinola, um, that we didn't have at that point. So yeah, um, didn't really do much, but you know, again, instrumental in the dressing room. So I'll give him a, a four to be nice. <laughs> I'll go three. At- Again, leaves with our best wishes because he was he was excellent in, in the tail end of the League One campaign. But 
my abiding memories of him this season will be them firming at home, just getting balls lobbed in behind him next to Tamaware, and then chasing Dom Thomas in that 4-1 defeat at East End Park eh, for them Fairman's fourth. The, the, le- the legs had gone, but um, by all accounts, a good guy to have around the dressing room. So he leaves with our best wishes, but three out of ten for, for Bell from me. Last defender, Jamie, I'll start with you. Stephen Hendry, also released today. Possibly the harshest release after a good run of form at the end of the season? I'd probably give him a 6.5. That might sound a bit harsh, but it's purely because he didn't play a huge amount of games. When he did play, probably barring his debut, I thought he looked pretty good. I quite liked him. He was actually decent going forward, but given the fact we signed Harry Milne for next season, I said this to you guys in the chat, he might have been told, if you do stay, you're going to be the backup, and you might not want to do that. So I can understand him leaving. So I wish him the best, but I'm kind of disappointed he's leaving, to be honest. David? Yeah, I'd agree. I, I, I think Hendry, I was quite surprised at how little he had played compared to other people um, that we'll come on to later. But I think that outside of his first game against Queen of the South, and, he, and that was his first game in whatever, however many months, because he was injured um, at his old club and he came in. Um, he did a job. He looked he looked quite decent. He was more, att- more attacking going forward than, say, Foster was. Um, a perfectly functional um, defender and I think not really much that you can kind of complain about he, he wasn't lighting everything on fire and everything but he wasn't actively bad I, I, um, yeah so um, a six because a six usually just means they weren't bad or good so six Reese. I'll, I'll give him a five to be honest um I, I did like Stephen Hendry. He was actually a really a really decent left back. He just didn't really get um, too many games for quite a while. Actually, he was sitting on a bench when you when you think about it. He could have been doomed with having him in the team, um, and he did make an impact when he came into the side. He's good at going forward, and he's he's got a bit of pace about him. Um, but what was it over over the piece? I think he ended up playing nineteen games across all competitions. I think thirteen in the league, um, and it was a lot of minutes here and there. But I'd, it's, it's one of them. He was touching go about a new contract as well, because obviously we're, we're linked with Patrick Redden and and Lewis Strap, but you don't know if that's just paper talk. But you've got to imagine if we if we do have eyes on those players, then there's no room for Hendry in the squad. So a, a, a five out of ten for me. I gave Keenan McKenna a five and a half, and McKenna played majority of the season, so I'll give Hendry a five. I, I agree. I'm similar to McKenna. I might have kept Hendry around as cover. Harry Milne, obviously an upgrade. Um, I think we all agree on that. And if, if Hendry doesn't want that sort of bit part role next season, which is perfectly fair enough because he has been impressive in the last couple of months once he broke into the side, then that's fair. I think he's probably one of the biggest mysteries of this season, why he, he didn't feature um, in starting 11s for, for the majority of the season because when he came in, he impressed. So I'll go five and a half because I think I gave Foster a five, but I think Hendry was better than Foster. Uh, this season. That is us get through the defenders. We'll move on to midfielders, try and pick up the pace a wee bit because this is already extending and probably the longest episode we'll ever do. Um, and we'll start with Stuart Barnes O'Bannigan. David, take it away. Release. <laughs> I first at the door now. Um, we always talk about how Banzo is an 8 out of 10 in pretty much every game that he plays. Doesn't really ever have a bad game. Doesn't really score goals or anything like that. So I mean, he's an 8 out of 10 in every game, so he's 8 out of 10 over the season. I'll back you up, 8 out of 10. 
not much to add. We all know Bannigan. Jamie, any advance on that? No, nope, I'm just going to go with an 8 out of 10 as well. Please. For me, I'd probably give him Bannigan a 7 here. Um, and I do. there was points this season when I thought absolutely Bannigan's back to his best. He was looking brilliant. Um, but just as of late, it's, it's got me thinking, like, like you look at what happened at Inverness there. There's recency bias coming into it again, as usual. But we took him off and we sort of picked up the pace a wee bit. And I do feel those games were maybe Bannigan's in the side just because it's Bannigan. You never think that he's not going to be in the starting 11. It's maybe maybe time that he doesn't need to start every week. I'm being very harsh on Barrigan here, but I'll give him a seven. He still had a good season. Resource stick with you then for for Ross Doherty. Is he higher, lower, the same as Barrigan? Um, I would say Bar- I would say Ross Doherty's had a better season. I'd probably give Doherty a seven and a half. Chipped him with actually quite a lot of goals. I think um, it's definitely the highest goal scoring return of his career. Um, not one for the goals, but. I think he ended up getting maybe six all in this season and some real crackers throughout that campaign. Um, good captain as well. So I'll give I'll give Doc a seven and a half. See, I gave Bannigan an eight and I'm going to disagree and give Docherty a seven. I'm going to say Docherty didn't quite have as good a season as Bannigan. He's, as you say, he's very impressed with his goal scoring return as a midfielder, but I think he's a more erratic performer than Bannigan. I think when Doherty plays well, he stands out more than Bannigan, but I think he's had way more bad games than Bannigan. And I'd still keep, obviously, I'd still keep Doherty around. I, I like him. I'm happy he's going to be a starting midfielder next season, but I think he's had a couple of dips. Um, I think back to the start of the season when we lost to, to Inverness, Kilmarnock and Wraith in S- September time, and I think he wasn't great then. And then maybe a month or two ago, he dipped again, but seven out of 10. Um, lots of good performances from Docky and pretty pleased Ross how our central midfield is looking. David, anything to add on Ross Docky? You know what, with Docky it's it's a strange one. I don't I would say I prefer Bannigan and Crawford to Docherty and Crawford. Um however, but is scoring more goals than Bannigan and the goals that he's scored this season have been fantastic. He's a good captain. I'd probably say that Bannigan on a week to week basis is the better player of the two. But Doherty has had a more eventful season and his highs are higher than Bannigan's highs, but his lows are a bit lower than Bannigan's lows. So it kind of evens out. I'd say they're A1 and A2 with each other, so I'll give him an 8 as well. I'm going to give him an 8 out of 10 as well. I think he's had a good season, Doc. I know some people do criticise him quite a bit, but I like I like Doc. I know he's made one or two mistakes and obviously one against Inverness, which in the playoff was costly, but he chipped in for a lot of goals this season, some very good goals at that as well. And yeah, he's just a good player on the pitch, good distribution, good at breaking up the play. Sometimes misplaces some passes, but I think he's a good player and I'm happy to have him. So definitely keep. Yeah, as you say, David, uh, seems like a sound guy. I'm glad we've kept somebody with uh, left-sided politics in the squad after Kieran McKenna's release today. Uh, We'll move on to Robbie Crawford, who... As of today, as of time of record, has been offered a new deal. Not heard if he's going to sign it. Um, Reese, are you happy with the the contract on the table to Crawford, and how would you rate his time at Firhill? To be honest, I am I'm happy with Crawford getting a new contract. Um, personally, I would have given him a new contract. Um, I'm I'm quite a fan of him. I feel like he's not had a lot of game time in his natural position as a as a centre midfielder. Um, and I do actually feel that it probably will be hard to come by with Doherty and Bannigan playing every week. Um, but I do think that uh, Crawford's a, a real good option to have there. 
I'd probably give him six out of ten. He never set the, the header of light when he came to us, but he done well in the playoffs. Um, towards the end of the season, it was picking up a wee bit. Um, and it's actually, I, f- I think it's a bit harsh. I've seen a lot of people saying they wouldn't offer him a new deal um, and he brings nothing to the team, which I don't agree with. I think he's a really good player. Um, and he's got he's got far more to give than a Fissel jersey. We've not seen the best of Crawford yet. David? I'd agree that, yeah, I think when he plays in his natural position, I've really, really enjoyed him. Some of the passes he was playing in the sort of first couple of games in centre mid were unreal. I think it was an assist for one of the goals at Farhill. I'm terrible with these sort of things, but one of the best passes I've seen in a long, long time. And generally, he's, he's passing is really, really good in centre mid. When he's out in right mid in the land of misfit toys with all the other people there, he didn't really do any worse than a lot of the people that were in that position as well. Um, I don't think he was especially bad, like notably bad, but I don't think he was as good as he was in centre mid. Problem is he's probably not going to get that much time in centre mid, just purely because he's got Bannigan and Doherty, who are the two two fulcrums of that team in the midfield. You're not going to be competing with them for a first-team position, that's the problem. So I'll give him a... Jamie? I think I'll give him a five and a half. I mean, a lot of it's not his fault. He's been kind of shunted out on the right mid, which is not his natural position. I think he's looked. I think he looked good in his first few games at centre mid, and then in the playoffs, I thought he actually had two good games as well. But sometimes I thought he was occasionally anonymous. And David did mention that assist he got against Air at home. That was a very good assist to be fair to him. Uh, so yeah, I give him a five and a half. And yeah, I'm not. I'm not against him signing a new deal next season. I don't know. It depends where he's where he'll be getting played. If he's getting played in the right, I really hope not. I just want to go for a natural right midfielder. Hopefully, if he is signing, he plays the centre mid, we can see the best of him there. I agree. I'll go five point five as well, Jamie. I'm wary of of who of who, what rating I'm giving each player. So if somebody doesn't go, oh, he thinks he's had a better season than him. But I think I gave five point five to Hendry, so I feel like that's about right for Crawford. Um, decent go against Inverness, as you said, David. Excellent assist against there. I think we saw the best of him in the playoffs when he played in a central midfield position. Four three threes maybe an option next season with with Bannigan, Docker, and Crawford, or maybe two of them in the team with uh, somebody with a little bit more attacking. I think that will be dependent on what right winger we sign as well. I think Crawford also falls into the McKenna bracket of looking worse than he is just because he's been playing out of position out on the right. It's it's definitely not his thing to be honest. I don't think he was any worse than Kyle Turner out on the right, and I think. We all just were so desperate for Kyle Turner because what he offers from set pieces and Crawford doesn't have that. Um, but I think there's a player in there and I'd be quite happy if he, if he hung around next season. We speak about squad depth and I think he'd be a good a good option to have as as a, a third-choice central midfielder. I mentioned Kyle Turner there. Jamie, I'll come straight back to you. How would you rate his season? I'd give Kyle Turner a 7.5 out of 10 mainly because his assists have been so important for us. But I think he's good on the pitch, he's creative, he's good on the ball, he's just ten, well technically drilled player. Like just For some reason, just has not had the game time that I think he deserves. He's been dropped too often and not starting games, I would start him in. And hopefully next season we get to see a bit more of him and him playing in his natural position like through the middle instead of him being shunted out on the right. And I think we'll see the best in him if we do see that. I agree. I think if we played 4-3-3 next season or 4-2-3-1 Turner in the so a 10 position would be quite an interesting thing. I'd, I'd give him a 7 basically just because of his set pieces and an assist record this season has been 
really good. Reese, any advance on seven? I think Jamie said 7.5. Any advance on that? Yeah, I'm going to go seven as well. Um, I do think that Turner's had a, a good season for us. Um, maybe sometimes just lacks a wee bit of consistency in his general play. Um, but of course, we've we've all mentioned that his, his delivery from set pieces is outstanding. Ended up finishing the league season um, with the most assists in the league. And that's probably playing half the amount of minutes. Um, so I had a good first season. I think he ended up getting two goals and maybe 10 assists, something like that. So happy to keep Kyle Turner, of course, um, and hopefully we get to see a bit more of him next season in a, a bit of a more natural position. David, seven and a half, seven. Any difference? Yeah, so I, I think I would probably go with that. And like, I, I didn't realise he finished top. I know he was top of the assist table for so long, but I didn't realise that still no one had overtook him. I really liked him when he's been playing. He, he offers so much for us. There is a, a, there is absolutely a player in there. All the you know people you know speak to and stuff like that. You know, you know like Airdrie fans and stuff like that and talk about how talented he is and we you know building a, a team around him and stuff like that. And we need to try and play him at number ten. We need we need to be making our mind up about what we actually want to do with him, like because if we get it right with him, he, the sky's the limit for him. He, he's so good, and the fact that he gives top of the assists despite the fact he played fuck all games because. It was and most of them out on the right wing. Um, it it just goes to show there's a player there. Um, I'd love to give him money. He didn't play enough, so seven and a half. Another one released today, David. I'll start with you on this one, Connor Murray. What do we think about his release? I mentioned this before. I genuinely forget that he plays for us. I was stunned that he played as many games as he did for us. It feels bad that I'm sticking a bit into him. It's not that. I just I, I don't know it. He just didn't have that. He just didn't have the sort of impact that that we needed from him. Um, again, like that right mid position was, it was there for the taking. You know, any you know anyone can make a statement for that position, and they would have got it because we were absolutely scrabbling all season for somebody on the right hand side, and he just he just couldn't do it. So, um. Uh, I always get told in work that we used to do customer ratings and if you got a five, that basically meant they didn't notice you. So that seems like a, a five or six. So I'll say five and a half in between because I, I, I generally didn't notice them for a lot this season, but that might just be me. Jamie? I feel like Conor and I always think he doesn't get enough game time or didn't get enough game time. I thought he could add to me when he came on, but he barely got any game time. I know he scored that goal at Hamilton he looked impressive at Kilmarnock away. I think he played Queen of the South away during that 0-0. I thought he looked good then as well, but just fell out of favour. And Yeah, after, I'm, I expected him to leave. I wouldn't have been against keeping him, to be fair, but I expect him to leave. So I'm going to give him a five and a half just because he didn't play enough to really make a massive impact. Reese, I'm going to say a four out of ten, and that's purely because I do feel at times this season when we did lack a lot of creativity and we were only getting one nils and a lot of nil nil draws that we should have seen a bit more of Conor Murray. But I'm not really buying into people saying oh, it's it's unfair to release him um, because at the same time he didn't merit a new deal. Um, you look back to even last season in League One, he started almost every week and he wasn't great. It took him months to get his first goal and that's a, that's a division below. Um, so a four out of ten. He was the games that he did play, the games that he was good in. As has been mentioned, Kelly away and even the Hamilton game, he came off the bench and got his goal. He was really good on those occasions, um, but we just we didn't see it anywhere near enough. Um, part of that, just down to not getting enough games. 
So four out of ten for Conor Murray. I'll agree, I'll agree with you, Reece. I'll go four out of ten. It probably sounds harsh, but he did have a couple of good games, as you said, but apart from that, very forgettable. Leave with our best wishes because he was part of that that League One title winning team. But as you say, even there, he, he wasn't convincing. So I think his release, you could have predicted that three or four months ago, he was going to get let go at the end of the season. So I don't think we've got any complaints about that. We'll move on to a more... This will be a more positive one, I would think. And Reese, I'll start with you on this one. Scott Tiffany. Where do you start with Tiffany, man? Uh, it's an absolute gem of a footballer. Like they get, You notice it more, the games that he's not played for us. When Tiffany's not been in the team, we've been worse than turgid. It's been, it's been absolutely diabolical having to watch it without Tiffany playing. Um, and at times, it actually looks like we're turning into a one-man team. Just every, every plan that we have seems to be getting the ball to Tiffany and hopefully Tiffany can create a moment of mag- magic. Um, I'm probably going to go a 9 out of 10. Um, I don't think... It's not a matter of consistency because he's consistently good almost every week. It's just um, his final ball lets him down. Uh, if he could improve that, he wouldn't be playing for us. He'd be playing, at the, he'd be playing for a Celtic or a Rangers or even down south. Um, he's that good. He's got everything else to his game. Um, if, he could just, if he could just sort of tweak the fine margins of his game then he'd be right up there so a 9 out of 10 um, I put him in the same bracket as like Mayo um, Kevin Holt and whatnot. but he's, a, he's an absolute game winner for us um, he makes all the difference I'll back you up I'll, I'll go 9 as well I think it's pretty self-explanatory if you've listened to any podcast after a win you'll have heard us wax lyrical about Tiffany so 9 out of 10 for me towards the end of the season like it hasn't looked too great but you can tell he's nowhere near fully fit, and we are kind of rushing him back. And it's given that it's, it's given a look like oh, he's he's not interested. He's chucked or whatever. But I think like it tries so hard. Like he's such a grafter. You see how angry he gets out in the pitch, and it just it reminds me so much of Higginbottom. Like Higgy used to get wound up before every game, and I think Tiffany's got that in him as well. He's got that short fuse. I totally agree. Jamie, you backing us up one nine? Any higher? I'm going to go a bit higher. I'm going to go nine and a half. Like Tiffany's, he's been fantastic this season, man. He's going to inevitable almost that we're going to lose him. I think at full time it did look like he was saying goodbye, hundred percent. And you know, Alan Ross apparently is kind of like went on a podcast in Dundee United. They come in for him. I heard a few people linking Motherwell with him as well. So, I mean, I wish him all the best whenever he does next because you know, a huge reason why we got out of League One and a huge reason why we got top four this season. He's been an absolute joy to watch and. Yeah, we're definitely going to be a huge blow when he goes. David, 9.5, any advance? You've already handed out one 10 out of 10 so far. Um, So, I mean, watching Tiffy, I mean, I think the highest sort of compliment you can give a Thistle player is every time I go to a game with someone who is not a Thistle fan, I always invariably tell them, look out for number seven, Tiffany, because he's the best, he's like, considerably better than everybody else and we'll usually pull it some sort of magic he brightens up your day when you go because again just watching him is just a lovely thing to do and we've talked about it all season how we have to cherish him while he's here as you're saying you know it looks like he's probably on the way out and it is it is very demoralizing to think that he, the, the, we've seen the last of him in a shirt and i think as well the fact that as you say he's not been fit since he, he had his injury. Um, I mean, arguably, you could say that us rushing him um, against our broth 
either cost us or maybe brought us back into the game because it forced us to adapt. I think he's been fantastic. He's just got that je ne sais quoi that you want from a player. Like, you know, just a really eminently watchable player that's always great fun and you, you should be absolutely proud that he's there. But I think ever since he's been, he, he got his injury, he's not looked like he did at the start of the season. And yeah, I'll, I'll go 8.5. 8.5, blimey. Last midfielder, Cammy uh, Smith. David, I'll start with you on Cammy Smith. He's contracted to the end of next season, so it's not a case of offering him a new deal or releasing him, but are you happy about that? Um, do you think there's a place for him in the, the squad next season, and how would you review this year for Cammy Smith? So with Cammy Smith, it's it's a difficult one. He fits into that sort of Crawford and Turner bracket of people on the right-hand side that we have tried and it's not really worked out well. Playing him up front a wee bit as well and, you know, in, it's in number 10. I don't think he's really found a place to click in and I think any sort of position where you feasibly could play Cammy Smith, there is a, there's been a better person that you could play in that um, position, um, mainly Kyle Turner, to be honest, but I think uh, it's just one of those things where Cammy Smith has always looked second best in whatever position he's played in, and I don't think he's terrible. There's something there, but I, I I don't see him getting much of a chance to be honest next season, especially if we go out and buy a, a right mid, and you've got Kyle Turner there. I think he's going to struggle for game time next season. Maybe coming on as a sub is, is his best shout, but you know we're only halfway through the Cammy Smith era, as you said um, earlier on, Matt. Set. <sighs> Six. Uh, uh, 5.5 no, I'm revised 5.5 I'll go 5 for Cammy Smith I think I think he does alright sort of pressing from the front and making a bit of a nuisance for himself but his, his attacking output I think has been so poor for a player I think we were all quite excited about Jamie what do you think about Smith? I'm going to give Smith a 5 to be honest I mean He's a player I expected quite a lot from. He got double figures when he was at St Mirren when they won the league. But it's just, you know, one goal on, was it 45 games or something similar like that? I'm not sure. It's very, very poor, to be honest. He's got like one or two assists top. So it's just not contributing enough, in my opinion. I'm sure we will see him here. But the thing that always confused me, I'm not trying to bash one player. I don't like doing that. It's the fact that McCullough was persistent with him instead of playing Turner or Conor Murray to a lesser extent. He just always persisted with him. And, it's kind of a confusing thing and the fact that McCullough's persistent might not have actually helped Smith because maybe he could have used a couple of weeks at the team and he just never got that and I just wasn't overly impressed with him this season and hopefully given he very likely will be here next season hopefully he can just have a good pre-season come out a bit different and get impressive. Reese with a couple of fives and a, a, a squeaky 5.5 from David for Smith you in a similar ballpark. No, I think I'm putting myself yeah, in mean, the five. You've convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, with, with Cammy Smith, like, he's played almost. He's played every game bar one, the the ninetieth minute winner for Rafe at Hill just a couple of weeks ago. And I mean, to to feature in every game as a forward player and only score one goal. I think he said that. I, I looked up earlier on. He had four assists. Struggled to even think of those four assists, and he's won a cup, won a penalty or two. But he's got to be doing more. Um, of course, he's had good wee moments in games, but for the, for the for the most part, he's been anonymous a lot of the time. Um, and as Jamie's mentioned, for, somehow he gets picked every week, and 
it, it did it did really deserve a rest out of the team at that point. Um, if he wasn't under contract, I don't think we would have gave him a new deal, put it that way. Um, so I am going to give Cammy Smith a five out of ten as well. But I, to be honest, I'm not in. I wasn't in the same boat. I wasn't expecting a lot from Cammy Smith. I mean, he's played like he played like a hundred games for Aberdeen and scored a handful of goals. He had a, a purple patch at St Mirren and it was decent at air. But apart from that, like if you look at his career and his trajectory, he's not really a goal scorer. Fair enough. We will finish with the strikers. We've got three strikers to talk about in this week's section, and we'll start with. With our favourite, the best striker of the lot, Brian Graham. David. I mean, what words cannot describe the love I have for Brian Graham. I absolutely adore him. Um, yeah, he's jags through and through. Um, he's... Like Jamie's talked before about how when he goes in a run, he'll get like five or six goals and then not score for four or five games. And it's just a shame that he kind of, he, he didn't really. Actually, I blame Chris Dolby because Chris Dolby got him to reveal how many goals he wanted for the season. And he said he didn't want to do it because it, it would jinx him. And then what happened? He scored one goal after that, literally 10 minutes after they showed that interview and he's not scored since. Um, so... It's, it's not all Brian Graham's fault. I think he has struggled for service at times. And, yeah, he is clearly, you know, the age is catching up with him. Um, you know, he's had back complaints and stuff like that season. He's missed games because of injury and stuff like that. But, I mean, he is he he's the closest we've had to a Doolan since Doolan left. And, Definitely. yeah, I, you can't understate that. And the fact that he's a manager of the women's team as well, um. Um, as a player in eight, as uh, an employee of Party Festival Football Club, I'll give him 8.5. <laughs> I think he's similar to Tiffany in the sense that he's just so important. We probably rushed him back when, if we had adequate cover, he would have been out another couple of weeks getting back to full fitness, but he was just so important. He's probably paid, played through quite a bit of pain at the tail end of the season. I'm going to give him an eight. I think he's been really good. Um, is he still the second top goal scorer in the league? I know he's behind McKenna for a while. Um, if you've got a striker who's hitting double figures, can't complain, can you? So 8 out of 10 for me. Jamie? I'm going to give him an 8.5 out of 10. I mean, he was so, so crucial for us. And like has been said already, I think he was rushed back. I don't think he looked quite fully fit ever after coming back. He's maybe a bit slower than he was, a bit yeah, I'm, I'm sure he probably thinks it as well. He's just not quite got back up to the full speed that we know. We fully know he's capable of. I mean, he's got 18 goals for us this season. And after going back from injury, he just didn't score again. And I'm sure next season, you know, they'll have a rest in pre-season, hopefully back up and fit and firing for the start of next season and have a good League Cup group stage campaign and get him firing for the league season as well. But he's just, he's so big for us. He's a huge influence around the club. I'm sure he's a massive influence in the dressing room. You can tell he demands high standards on the pitch and, Sure, the man's off the pitch as well, and I'm sure it will be another good season at um, 100%. Please. Um, I am going to go on eight out of ten for Brian Graham. If the season finished in February after he scored his hat trick, I'd probably be sitting here saying nine out of ten, nine point five out of ten, because 18 goals at that point in the season was absolutely immense. But you look at it, he's not he's not hit the back of the net since February, um, and he's probably suffered the most um, through Rudden's departure. Um, it looks like he's, he's missing his old strike partner up there. Um, and it's a shame because what a partnership they were. Um, 
but as, as I've mentioned, it's just it feels like he's been rushed back. He's sort of lost the touch in the last couple of months and his confidence might just not be at the same level. So, 8 out of 10, a good season for Brian Graham. Um, just unfortunate that he couldn't build on those 18 goals. Right, next up, we'll talk about Juan Alegria. I think this will be quick. I'm going to say 2 out of 10. Any advance on 2? Uh, I'll give Alegria 2 as well. Um, I remember his debut up at Arbroath, and I remember thinking, I quite like the look of this guy. He puts himself about, was flying into stuff, and he had a few chances. But over the course of, of his 11, 12 games, whatever he ended up playing, I think he must have missed like seven sitters. You, you, you look back to ones you don't even think about. There was uh, the Morton game at Capital. He missed an absolute sitter at one each as soon as Morton scored. Um, and that was that was the least of them. Like We all know the sitters that he's missed. But I'll give him the two out of ten because he absolutely loved warming up in front of the fans. Like When we'd <laughs> sing that, that song, he'd give us thumbs up every five minutes as if he'd just started hearing it again. But absolute honky-tonk there. He did love it, to be fair to him. He's basically getting about one and a half of those points for me for absolutely loving it. He was one of the few players I've seen that, like, a, a young loanee, you think, it'll take some time to settle and he'll get better. He, I think he got worse every single time he played. The best he played was his debut, and I think he got worse every single time. So t- two for me, Jamie. Any advance on two? I will give him a 2.5. It'll be nice because the first nice two games, man. I thought he... I thought he looked all right. I mean, in the Arbroath game, and I think the second one was the Inverness game. I thought he, thought he looked quite good. Was the Inverness one when he hit the bar? Did he hit the bar against Queen's South? I can't remember. I tried a I, lob against Inverness, I think. Yeah, I think he definitely hit the bar in one game. And then well. it was a good save in the Queen of the South game, I think, or something like that. So I think he started all right. But yeah, I do definitely agree. He did regress in his time with us instead of settling in, which was really weird. And he missed some some massive, massive chances to be fair. And the playoff chance, people just that's what you'll be remembered for 100 percent You'll be remembered for that playoff chance. So yeah, 2.5. You know what? I th- see, I think I'll give him two for the song. because uh, I, I do enjoy that Shakira song. And as well as that, I would give Aaron Cervantes zero because he was literally here for a week and didn't offend me. So I think he's got to be better than Aaron Cervantes. So um I two I'll give two out of ten, I'll be generous. Aaron Cervantes was not our worst goalkeeper this season. I would fair play to him. <laughs> um, last but not least, um, Alex Ekubiak. I think this is an interesting one. What do we think about Ekubiak? Should we... I think it'd be interesting to see what Dundee want to do with him. But do you think we should be trying to get Ekubiak back, Reese? It's a tough one, like because I do think Ekubiak's a decent footballer. I'm going to give him a six out of ten for the season as a whole. Um, it did have quite a lot of nice moments on the ball and whatnot, and he was a good tricky player, and he's good at holding the ball up, but he just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net for the life of him. Um, would I want to sign him next season if it came up? Um, of course, I would not would not be wanting to pay any sort of fee. Um, if it came to a mutual agreement, he was getting released, I'd probably have a look at him. Um, but maybe more of a wide player going forward, I don't even know. Um, if, if the option came up and we could give him, get him on decent money, Probably something I'd look into, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be chapping on Dundee's door looking for it. Put it that way. I for me, I think I I wouldn't mind him around if he was one down the pecking order. I think he's maybe just been one place too high up the pecking order, and we need an, another striker better than him in the squad. But I think as a squad player, are you going to get a a striker who's a third, maybe fourth choice striker who's who's better than him? Probably not, because I think he. He's handy, he's got some good attributes, so I'll go 5.5. I think he's in that sort of Hendry and Crawford bracket for me. Uh, 
Jamie, what about you? I think I'll give him a six as well, just because he's good on the ball. His hold-up play was good. The distribution was quite good, but his finishing was not great. He missed an absolute setter against Dunfermline. I know he scored against there, but consolation goal game didn't really matter. At the end of the day, he was he was good on the ball for us, but he just isn't a striker. He kind of like an idea he's almost he's good. He's good holding the ball up. He's quite quick. He's tricky. He's like he's good at he's good. He'd be someone that's good at fives probably. But he just can't finish to save, save his life. So we'd like to take him back maybe as a fourth choice striker, to be honest, because we've got Graham and Dowd, so I'm sure we'd be ahead of him. If we're bringing someone else in, I'd bring him back. But yeah, I don't think I'd pay a fee for him. But I do wish him the best. Seems like a decent guy. David, to finish, just want to sing the Alex Jakubiak song. Alex Jakubiak. Woo woo, Alex Jakubiak. Six out of ten. Thanks, David. Um, right, one word answers for this one. Ian McCall, do you want him to be the, be the manager on the first game of next season? David? Yes. Jamie? Yes. Reese? Aye, of course. Yep, full house. Well done, Ian McCall. Next up, we're going to just discuss the, the loanies who were released last week and Mosein and Yang as well. We'll start with Sen and Yang because this is an interesting one. He's still contracted to next season, but been told he's, he's free to leave if. He gets an offer. Reese, are we surprised about that? It's it's harsh, to be honest. Um, I don't think he's good enough to be playing in the championship for us every week. Um, it's another one. But with so so much we're talking about, oh, we could do him as a squad player, squad player. But like, we do want to improve, so we do need better options. We need to sign guys that are going to be in contention with starting every week. Um, so if you look at it that way. I can see why he's getting moved on. Um, but as a shame, by all accounts, he had a good season at Aloha and he actually looked really good in that game that was on the telly against Celtic, albeit he almost broke that um, at the Gucci's leg. But um, Senna's a guy that I would list, wish absolutely all the best. Seems like an absolutely amazing guy. Um, so I... I, th- I think I agree with you, Reese. I think it's it's one of them. He sort of came in, did a decent job, but yeah, he was never going to get a game... Um, over Brownlee, Holt, Akinola, um, and it's probably more of a, a him wanting to play regular football thing than we don't want him. So, aye, all the best to him, because he did make valuable contributions to the League One title win when he was in the team last season. David, Shea Gordon, um, four years at the club, spent the last few months at Queen of the South, but a good servant. Wish him well. Absolutely, yeah. He had some good moments, you know, for us. Um, he's got his double at Steny and stuff like that. And even his short-lived stint at right-back, he wasn't too bad. He'd done a job when we needed him. And yeah, I, I don't think he was especially rubbish or anything like that. I was very happy with him in the squad. But we, we need people fighting for places, and I don't know if in a sort of a dogfight to pin down a starting position whether Shea Gordon was going to win it. So... You know, fair play, let him get get some football elsewhere. Jamie, Ross McKeever, are you sad to see him go? Would you have kept him around as maybe a third or fourth choice striker or missed I mean, his chance? No, I would, realistically, I wouldn't have kept him, to be honest. I think he played like 17, 18 games a season and then got a goal. I mean, I thought he, he was good in the air. I thought he got a few important assists. Uh, remember that one against Dunfermline in the Cup? And yeah, he seems like a nice guy as well, but I just don't think he's in the level we're needing, to be honest. I think these kind of players like McKeever and you could be Akalegra. Strikers don't really score for us. We just kind of need to move past that and sign proven goal scorers or people we actually do believe will get five, 
golden minimum probably in a season. I agree. Uh, the, the other player to be released was Blair Lyons. I think we covered that on an earlier podcast. That's been in place for a few months, that agreement for him to go back to Montrose. I want to ask you one question before we move on to the awards. So we've spoken about the players as a whole there. I want to ask you all, what was your one turning point this season? Because I think we've all sort of spoken about players dipping in and out of form, the team dipping in and out of form. I think Reese said a few times if the season stopped at this point, this player would be the, the player of the year. What was the turning point for you this season? Why didn't we go on to mount a, a serious title charge, Reese? I'll start with you. There's so many sort of ones you could pinpoint. Um, in terms of a key moment as such, you've got to look at Rudden's departure. It kind of changed the whole the way that we sort of played, having two two goal-scoring strikers, and we just had to sort of make up with that with guys like you could be and Allegri in and out of the team, and obviously Graham had injuries. In terms of games, it, it was during the Tiffany injury as well. Like the, There was a run of 3 0 nils in the, the month in the season where it kind of was all looking up. Um, with six points off the top of a game in hand, and we sort of lost home and away to Morton. Um, in terms of games, it was the Morton home and away that killed us. In terms of a moment, it's Rudden's departure. David? I'd probably go for the 3 3 against Inverness. I think, I mean, we the, the euphoria that we were going through at the time of 3 2 up against Inverness, our broth losing. Everyone was absolutely buzzing at that point for us to mount a title challenge, right? That's it. You know, then we conceded the late goal and then our broth scored. There is an argument to say, you know, if we don't concede to our broth score, you know, obviously sliding doors, all that. But I think the Inverness game is probably the, the, the biggest the biggest game, I would say, of the season for us in terms of momentum. And I think if we win that, we, we mount a challenge at the very least. Jamie? I completely get what David's saying with the Inverness game. That was a big turning point. I had to list a few, but I think we're going to have to go with the same as recent to say Rodden leaving because we were actually a really good football side, footballing side to watch in the first half of the season with Graham and Rodden. And I said before to you guys, pretend like a broken record, but 4-4-2 worked with Rodden and Graham. That system worked, but it didn't work when Rodden left. The way we played left with him and the long balls didn't work. Just be Ended up having too many small people up front, whereas Rodden was someone who could kind of get out wide. He could have someone blast a long ball to him. He could link up with Graham. He could do the diet work really well and score multiple goals as well. You know, he had double figures when he left, and we ended up replacing him with two strikers. He scored one goal between them. So I think that just shows you that we just didn't have, I think, apart from the Inverness game, we didn't score more than one goal since he left. I'm not 100% sure on that stat, but yeah, we just weren't really at it after he left. I agree. I think that dropping points at Inverness, that's just two points dropped at the end of the day. I think Rudden leaving was, was more than two points. You're probably looking at eight or nine points. I think Akinola's red card dented his confidence. We didn't keep as many clean sheets after that red card. I'd say that probably cost us a few points as well. But I think the, the Rudden one obviously was the big one. We'll move on to our annual Draw, Lose or Draw end of season awards. We've got seven awards to hand out. They are Player of the Season, Young Player of the Season, Signing of the Season, Goal of the Season, Save of the Season, Match of the Season and Chant of the Season. For each, we're going to speak about a few nominees. We will 
each individually. We'll say who we think is deserving of winning each award. We'll then put the nominees out onto Twitter polls for you to vote on them and we'll see the results and announce the winners um, on Twitter sometime next week. We will start with signing of the season. So this I would say this is different from player of the season. The condition for this one was they must have made their debut this season. So we are not allowing people who have previously played on loan and re-signed. So Tiffany and Mayo don't count in this one. So we've got three nominees for signing of the season. Tunji Akinola, Kevin Holt and Kyle Turner. David, I will start with you on that one. Who are you giving that one to? Um, I mean, I think I, I put Holt over Akinola in my ratings, if I'm right. So I think it's, it's between Holt and Akinola for me. And to be honest, I think in terms of signings, again, wait, Holt didn't come in with too much of a pedigree where you, you were thinking he's going to be absolutely class. I think you, you, you kind of, it's sort of the same expectation you would for, like, say, a Hendry or like a Cami Suffer. So they've done bits at other places, but you weren't expecting him to absolutely light things up. And he's, yeah, he's been amazing. So. I'll go, uh, I'd go Kevin Holt. David, it's weird, right? Because I agree, Holt's had a better season than Akinola. And if it was, if we were given player of the year, I would say Holt's in the discussion when Akinola's a wee bit below him. But for the best signing, I just think because Akinola's like a, a diamond in the rough type signing, he sort of come out of nowhere. I, I think that makes him, a for, for me, a more exciting and, and better signing. He's he's playing in Scotland for the first time. Um you spoke about the sort of issues he's had settling and the relationship he's got off the field with McCall. I think for me, the story of Akinola makes him a better signing than Holt because he sort of we, we were all familiar with Holt. It was a signing that made sense. Please, who are you going for for signing of the season? See, I, I'm, a, I'm going to agree with you on that one. It's, it's funny because Kevin Holt has been very consistent throughout this whole season. He's He's turned up clutch when we needed him the most. He scored those two goals back to back, one uh, 0 victories. But as you said, like I can all, I was it's an absolute gem to find him. Um, coming from our Premier League academies, twenty threes, and obviously had a season at Leighton Orient where he was on loan and, and played a lot of games. So it was Tunji was one that was completely unknown. I don't think anyone could have expected how good he was in in those first few months. Um, and as you mentioned, everyone's seen Kevin Hope before, and of course he sort of exceeded all their expectations as well. And um, so I'm just going to have to agree with you in terms of purely on the signing. I think that um, Akinola's got to get the signing of the year for us. Jamie, uh, I'm going to go with Hope to be honest, just because I had kind of like a preconceived idea of him, and I think most fans did that he was kind of an average defender, and he was. Not really a signing to be excited about, but now he's become like a real fan's favourite. You can say his fans really do love him, and rightly so. He's been really good this season. He's so solid at the back. He's popped up with multiple important goals, and he's a real player that I think will be a big, big player again for us next season. And hopefully, we can be on a title charge with him as one of the key players on that side because I think he will be. So we've got two votes for Kevin Holt, two votes for Tunji Akinola. This is why we're putting it on on Twitter. Uh, next, we will do goal of the season. So, again, we have four nominees for this. We've got Ross Dockery at home to Dunfermline in the Scottish Cup. Scott Tiffany away at Hamilton Mackies from the Brian Graham at home to Air United. That was the goal we spoke about earlier, the nice team goal. And, again, Ross Dockery away at Dunfermline in that 4-1 defeat. So, Jamie, I'll start with you on this one. Who are you giving goal of the season to? 
I'm going to give it to Ross Doherty at home to Dunfermline in the Scottish Cup. That was a fantastic goal. He just lined it up perfectly. The shot was almost in slow-mo. I think he almost scored one identical to that against Dunfermline again in that 0-0 at home against them. It was a goal that was very, very similar and seems to have that in his lock of the season, just popping up for a goal when we, we need one. I think uh, one we didn't mention was he scored a similar one. As I said, the Dunfermline away one, he scored a great goal. And then the Kilmarnock one each draw at home, he scored a great goal on that as well. So he definitely does have a long shot in his locker or a powerful shot anyway. And I think that's a fantastic goal, so I'm going to give it to him. David, Jackery. I'll go for Doherty um, in the cup against Dunfermline. Reese. Um I was fighting Doherty at Dunfermline, but I'm actually going to go with uh, Tiffany against Hamilton. I know when you fight about that game, what David was fighting about there was Brian Graham's goal when Tiffany's beat the two men out wide, but you, you almost forget how good Tiffany's goal was on that night. I remember it was a good wee passage of play and Tiffany just came busting through the middle and the ball's about to fall to Rudden, who's on a hat-trick, um, and Tiffany just managed to get on the end of it. And that was a brilliant night. I just have such... It puts a smile on my face fighting about that night, so I'm just going to give that to Tiffany. I'll go with Jamie and David. I'll go. I'll go Doherty. I think that was the most aesthetically pleasing goal, um, and I think Doherty deserves it just from an accumulation of of long strikes this season. So I think that was his best one. So happy to give that to Ross Doherty. Save of the season. Um, Jamie Snedden's in trouble if he doesn't win this. We have three saves we're going to talk about. Um, so we've got the save up at Inverness in September in the first half when he tipped a header onto the bar. The save down at Palmerston from a shot in the, I believe it was the second half, a shot in the 0-0 draw. And another save at Palmerston in the 1-0 win um, when he scooped the ball off the line to prevent an own goal. So three brilliant Jamie Snedden saves. Reese, what one was your favourite? A lot of great saves there that you've just mentioned. And just when you were saying that, Snedden's in trouble for Disney win this. I remember Harry Stone actually having a really good save in that Dunfermline clean sheet. Um, for about five yards out, they headed it right at the ground and he's kept out with his foot. Um, but of course, Snedden's got to win that and I think it does. The 1-0 victory recently at Queen of the South um, when Doherty almost puts it into his own net. And as I say, Snedden's starting position is out with the goalposts. He's, the ball's actually behind him and he's managed to have like, a strong arm and scoop it out. So that's definitely a save of the season in my opinion. Jamie? I think... Um... The two Palmerston ones are the ones I'm struggling between. It's probably the Palmerston one in the game we won one now because he just he didn't have time to prepare really. It was such a bad starting position for it, and it's almost known goal from Doherty, which you wouldn't be expecting. So yeah, it was that's a great save, and also we went on to win that game. It was an important win to get us top four. So yeah, I'm going to go with that one as well. David, you going to back them up? Yeah, for me this one nil save at Palmerston was just. Unreal. It's the closest they've got to the, the mythical Cherney Muddle goal, and you you can't quite comprehend how he's done it. Uh, I had to ask Jamie, who was sitting next to me, to explain the physics of how he got to the ball. It was it was past him. It wasn't even the goalpost when the ball came in. I, I don't. I still don't get it. But you know, incredible save. So yeah, one nil at Palmerston. The Palmerston one has a great save, and I think that was his best performance of the season. I'm. I'll go. Uh, against against you guys here, I'll go for the the save up at Inverness in September. I think it was overshadowed and forgotten because he he dropped a <laughs> dropped a clanger in the second half. But if you just look at the the save alone, we were right behind the goal 
and I think half the crowd were already signed thinking it was in. That was a remarkable save to touch it onto the, the bar. It looked like it was flying in the top corner. So I'm going to go for, for that save up at Inverness. Next, we'll talk about match of the season. We have got four possible winners for this award. We have Aki's 1, Thistle 6. Kilmarnock, nil, Thistle 1. Air nil, Thistle 4. And Thistle 1, Wraith nil. Unsurprisingly, all of these games were before Christmas. I think this could be our first clean house for this one. David? Like before this season, my favourite game of all time out of Thistle was the 5 1 against Harlan. Absolutely loved it. And this season, I've had two games of eclipsed it, which is just unreal. The, the Wraith one was in the fog. I saw about four minutes of the ball. Everyone was just singing and chanting. And I've never felt a feeling like when that ball went in and we didn't know what happened and the roar that came from the other side never realised what happened. Just I was such a rush. I absolutely loved it. It's the most absurdest game you'll ever see. I think it tops the count in beef one and he actually completed it. It's one of the best I've ever seen, but the Hamilton 6-1-1. It was on my anniversary, my wife's only ever Thistle game. I had came home late from a holiday and she was pissed off at me. And I turned around and says, but can we go to the Hamilton game, please? And she said, yes, and we'll go on our anniversary. And she'd never seen me like that before. Like she, I'm always very laid back and horizontal and very chill and don't get animated or whatever. And she'd never really seen me in the football being animated. But when me and you were like actually like jumping up, me screaming at them for more... She, like she's like I don't I don't really get football, but I get why you're why people are like this. It's it's the best game I've ever been to um, as a um, as a Thistle fan. Just we'll never see, we'll never see anything like it again. I I, I don't think I don't think anything's taking it for me. I said that about the Hamilton one, but just just that night, yeah, just absolutely incredible. I think we were just in hysterics for the entire second half. Just <laughs> couldn't believe what was happening. You know how we sort of say that. Every time a legend dies, this will win the next game. So we need to like the legends need to time their deaths uh, for important games. I think it's going to be similar. You need to bring your wife to very important games from now on if that's that's our hundred percent record. Uh, Reese, do you agree with David? Six one, your highlight. Yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet. Six one. I don't think there could be any other answer. Like as you mentioned, it was absolute hysteric. See, when you get to the point where you're not cheering the goals anymore, you're actually like laughing. It's such, such a good feeling. Um, and as I say, I keep looking back to that night and thinking, we were just so good. That was that was the McCall ball at its peak. Like, running on, firing on, on all cylinders. Graham was brilliant. Tiffany was excellent. Like, it was just, it was brilliant. Jamie, do you agree? Uh, 100%. It's got to be the 6-1 Hamilton game. It's the first time I've ever seen Fissel score six goals because... Uh, Somehow back in the day, I missed that 6-1 Livingston game. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was great to finally see them break that uh, break that duck and get six goals in it. Uh, it, was, it was a fantastic game. The fact that five of them were in the second half shooting towards the Bristol fans made it that bit better. And, yeah, the only, the only bad thing on the night was that the clean sheet got chopped in the last minute of the game. But, you know, no one cared at the time. It was just, you know, pand, you know pandemonium in the stands. It was just a great, great night. To this day, my favourite away day, and it's going to take a bit to top that. I think it's funny that my favourite away day is the Hamilton, but it's just the actual football is what made it so good. Yeah. Yep, four out of four here. I think this will be a, 
um, a pretty comfortable win for the 6-1 on, on the Twitter poll. I'd also like to apologise for uh, combining clean sweep and full house error. So apologies to all at football cliches who are affected by missing clean house. Um, chant of the season next up, we've got four nominees for that. We've got um, we've got Brian Graham, uh, when the Partick Thistle start to play. We are Partick Thistle FC and Tiff will tear you apart. David, you were very critical of Tiff will tear you apart in the chat when we were discussing these nominations, Ella. Who is getting your vote for this one? Or who? What chant is getting your vote for this one? It is most definitely not Tiff will tear you apart because it's like his third best chant. He's, got two, he's had two better chants. Three, if you include um, when the party at Thistle start to play. Like, it's... No, it, it just doesn't work. Like, I know he's really good, and I know he does tear him apart, but it, it, it doesn't fit. So I, I'm discounting that. I do really enjoy um, when the when the party officials start to play, and like I've heard my wife singing it. Like when I I came in drunk singing it, and she's been singing it a few days later because it's stuck in her head. The ultimate sign of a good chant that someone still has it in their head after about three days. Um, so yeah, um, I yeah I'll go when the party officials start to play. Jamie? Yeah, it's got to be when the first pistol starts to play for me as well. It's just, I think it's the catchiest chant that the pistol fans have come up with in years. Like, I find myself humming it all the time at work, at, at uni, at, at home, wherever. I'm always humming that chant. It's such a catchy chant. And it's a shame that, you know, Tiff's probably leaving, but I'm sure there's some way that it can get manipulated into a different player getting sung in it next season. But yeah, absolutely, absolutely love that chant. And I'd, to be fair, I like all four of them. I'd, uh, on. I'm not having it with David saying the tough one isn't good. I like that chant as well. So, uh, but I, I like all four of them, but it's definitely related to the Park Festival after play. I love that song. Jamie, we've already found out that your, your standards of chant are low this season after, I think it was Heather on the pod earlier this season, gave you a bit of a slagging for your, your Cammy Smith chant. Mate, yeah, that is d- different times. You know, It wasn't too long after Rudden left. Everyone was still happy at that point. <laughs> Reese, do you agree? I agree with Jamie that David is miles after it slaughtering the Scott Tiffany chant that. It definitely does go. My United sung about Ryan Giggs for years. Like, how can you say like that definitely does go? But um, I've got to agree that um, when the party first will start to play as chant of the year as such. Um, but the only thing me nitpicking is we need to sort of mould it to Premiership being correct. Premier League doesn't exist anymore. But hey... <laughs> Signing players that rhyme with league is going to be tough. I'm sure Ian McCollum manage it. No, I'm going to going to back you up with uh, when the party Christmas start to play. Four out of four again. We'll finish with the big two awards. We have three and a half nominees for this one. Um, Lewis Mayo, Tunji Akinola, Scott Tiffany and Zach Rudden, who's definitely not winning it. Um, Reese, I'll start with you on this one. Who are you going to give Young Player of the Year to? Young player for me, um, I know sometimes people say oh, you don't really want to see lone players winning play of the year and whatnot, but I think Mayo has been very deserving of an award. Um, I know we'll come on to it soon, but I think he's even in with a shout for player of the year altogether. Um, so yeah, I'm giving Lewis Mayo my young player of the year. Still only 21, plays with the Scotland 21, so I think he'll go and have a, a great career. Um, yeah. Jamie? I'm going to give it to Mayo as well because, yeah, he's, he's the youngest out of the options. He's been fantastic this season and uh, 
yeah, there's nothing much more to say. There's a reason he's caught up to Scotland's squad, and I think that out of anyone in our squad, he's probably going to be one of the more likely ones we'll see play for Scotland in our lifetime. If it's going to happen, if anyone from our team, and yeah, he's just he's just a great player for us. Barely put a foot wrong. So, and I'm not going to vote Tiffany for this one, given there's the Player of the Year one coming up as well. David, see, this is uh, I I had this all set out where I didn't give Akinola the signing of this season because he was going to be the young player of the season. And then you pull out Lewis Mayo on me. I need to have the courage of my convictions on this one. No, I'm I'm still going to give it to Akinola though. He shone so brightly at the start that yeah, I I, I just absolutely love him. I'm going to go Lewis Mayo, and I think it's just because, as you say, Jamie, I think he is the one, um, he might be the next ex-Jag to play for Scotland I think he's that good um, he, he strolled it really this season um, mistake at Dunfermline other than that pretty flawless I think I gave him a 9 out of 10 earlier young centre half and he's, he's I think he's been um, had an outstanding season, part of a record-breaking defence and um, that sort of links us in nicely to our, our big award, the Player of the Season Award. But we, again, we have four nominees, unsurprisingly. Lewis Mayo is one of them. Um, the other three, Jamie Snedden, Kevin Holt and Scott Tiffany. So I'll get mine out of the way. I'm just, I'm just going to go give Lewis Mayo the double. If he's a young player, he's getting my Player of the Year award. Um, maybe, if, as you've we've spoken about, if the season maybe ended a month ago, I might have given it to Snedden. I think he's had a couple of mistakes. Um, I think Mayo is just edging out Holt maybe into second place again Tiffany's had a wee bit of a dip even though he's the most exciting player to watch Tiffany's the most entertaining player of the season for me but I'm going to give Lewis Mayo my player of the season award Jamie I'm going to give it to Scott Tiffany it's just been so good to watch this season one of my favourite ever players to play for Thistle, 100%, even when he was only here for a year and a half, and half of that we didn't even get to see in person. It was over stream, but yeah, he's been such a good player to watch. And he's one of those, we've said it before, but he's one of those players that you go to see, you pay your money to go see those kind of players play, the ones that excite you, they get you off your seat, and he's been fantastic to watch. And yeah, it's going to be very tough to replace him because, you know, it's inevitable he's probably going to leave. But yeah, he's going to get my player of the year. David? Again, I debated someone in the marketplace of ideas in the pub and said that Snedden should be one player of the year. I can't, I can't go against him. I, I yeah, I'm, I'm going Jamie Snedden. As much as everyone is worthy of the nomination, you could pick any of them. I'm, I'm going Snedden. So I vote for Snedden. I vote for Mayo, and I vote for Tiffany. Reese, are you going to crown a winner, or are you going to, going to even it up? <sighs> See, my favourite official player right now. Um, is Lewis Mayo I think he's as I keep mentioning he's an absolutely fantastic football player but when it in terms of a match winner the, the player that's that wins us the most points it's got to be Scott Tiffany like you look at the games where Tiffany didn't play and that's that's the best thing I can say about it is how bad we were coincides with the periods that, that Tiffany didn't play even recently like the, the 3-1 game at, down at air that we lost Tiffany wasn't in the squad and we just don't look like creating anything um, so for as much as I love Lewis Mayo I've got to say Tiffany is the match winner and Tiffany gets my player of the year vote I don't think you can argue with with any of the nominees I think we could even stretch it to five or six um, nominees to be honest I think we've had five or six really 
really strong performers this season and I think it's just a case of, of adding to them for next season if we want to go a step further. But those seven awards, we will put them out as Twitter polls and you can vote for them and then we'll announce the winners um, after a couple of days. We will finish as we always do, unless anyone wants to come in with anything else. This has been a marathon episode, but we're quite happy to move on to Partridge Thistle. I was going to ask. I have prepared likely unlikely. <laughs> right. Oh, yes. Right. David right. is hitting us with likely unlikely. So we right. are going to do a season preview, which is going to involve some predictions. Um, and when we predict scores next season, we are going to keep track of the, the predictions and have a wee league table. This will be the first thing I think we're going to uh, predict for next season. And these will get added to the possibly the table at the end of the year. Yep, David. Yeah. So hit, hit us up and for... for you listeners remind them of what unlikely, likely or likely unlikely is. Yes, so essentially, it is what it says in the tin. Last season, we had Mark and James on, uh, James Kearney and Mark Wallace on, to go through a series of statements, and they had to decide whether they thought it was likely or unlikely. So I'm just going to run through the seven we had last season, just to give you an idea of what the, sort of, the statements are. I'll do it very briefly. The first one was, Patrick Fissel will win the championship. We all said unlikely, except Matt, who said that if County and Kelly stayed up and Morton went down, we would win the championship. Obviously, that didn't happen, so we didn't. So we're all pretty much on the money with that. Uh, next one was that we will be in either the promotion or relegation playoffs, and we all said that that was likely. Um, next up, Stephen Doby uh, will play for Patrick Thistle. This is the height of Doby mania of the rumours. We all said unlikely, and it did not happen. I don't even know where he is now. Um, we all said... Falkirk would not get promoted from League One. And we said that that was likely. All banging the money. We all said Chris Doolan would play a game for Thistle as part of Banzo's testimonial or some sort of charity game. Um, he did not play a game for Thistle under any capacity. Um, yeah, so we all got that one wrong. Um, Ian McCall will be manager. We all said likely and we were correct on that. Fan ownership will be completed by this time next season. We all said likely. Um, no dear, comment. Dear, oh dear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, as well as that, we said that there would be no fan restrictions by the end of the season for people going in. We said it was unlikely that we would get a foreign away day in the Challenge Cup. Um, we did say it was likely that we would play Morton because this is the week before the playoffs, and we all we all thought that they would stay up in the playoffs, and they did. Um, we all said that it would be unlikely to win a cup except me, who thought we would win the Challenge Cup. Obviously, that <laughs> didn't happen. And we all said it was unlikely that Lego Dave was unmasked. Although, technically, he was unmasked and it was Scott Tiffany. And as well as that, he's given his name away, uh, thanks to James Kearney, who is relentlessly on the hunt for his identity. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's the general gist of this. So I'll run for a couple with you. Partick Thistle will play their League Cup group games at Broadwoods. Unlikely. Unlikely. Uh, unlikely. I, I'm giving Farhill a 50-50 chance, but there's no way we're going Broadwood if the pitch isn't ready. Unlikely as well on that one. Stuart Bannigan will have a testimonial announced. Likely. Likely. I likely. See, we all thought it would be announced by now. I honestly thought they were going to do it on Saturday after the Inverness game to cheer us up. Either that or a retro kit release. We've got neither of them, so, um, you know, it's still time. Uh, next one. Scott Tiffany will play for Patrick Thistle after January. After January? Yeah. January? 
Oh, no, so unlikely. That impossible. It's not. It's not very good. Uh, to be fair, I wrote this question about like five did, days ago. Alan Ross been on a podcast saying that Dundee United have approached him already, so very unlikely. You never know. Reese, you got unlikely for that. Uh, I'll say likely. The only way he's playing for Thistle after January is if he goes to Dundee United, is fucking shit and gets loaned back to us. I mean, it's 50-50 whether that will happen. <laughs> Look at all the other people who signed and walked off to the Premiership. Um, oh, unlikely. Unlikely. I'll, I'll go likely, but you'll have signed a free contract. Mate, mate, I, if my impossible is completely wrong, I'll be, I've never been so happy to be wrong. <laughs> Definitely still here, but I just cannot see that. Um, Partick Thistle will draw one of the old firm in a cup competition. I believe that's been two years of not drawing them. Likely. Likely. Are we including Colt teams in the Challenge Cup? Yes. Yes, I'll go likely then. Because the yeah. League Cup, you need to get out of the group, really, don't you? And then Maybe the Scottish Cup, we do, start, we do start early in the Scottish Cup. And if we're going for a league, we might make some changes. Um, but if we're including the, the Challenge Cup, I'll go likely. We would have drawn them in the League Cup group stages because Dunfermline drew Rangers. And I think Dundee United drew Celtic Rangers in the end in the Scottish Cup. So if we'd beaten them, we would have drawn them again. So we'd have drawn them twice if we won both those games. See, next season, do we start in a later round of the Scottish Cup because we've finished in the top half? Oh, do we? I'll go likely then. Have your likely, David. I'll go likely as well for that one then. Brian Graham will be signed up for 23-24. Likely. You'll get on your contract this summer. Likely. Likely. See, it's one of those where, like, do you, like, will, will he actually, like, I, I would not be surprised if, if he chucked it in at the end of the season, but, yeah, but yeah, I think it's likely that he will, he will be signed up for, at the very least, 23-24, Paul will be his last season with us. He'll um, be, be at for hell in some capacity in 23-24. I agree. Um Next one, we did it last year, we'll do it again. Falkirk will fail yet again to be promoted from League One. Likely. Yeah, likely. I don't think they can. Likely. In league one. Yeah, a lot of good teams in that league. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a good league, so likely. I cannot wait for Pine Bothell when they get beat by Kelly. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> um, two more. Um, Richard Foster will sign for either Kelly Hearts, Queen's Park or Open Goal Broomhill. <laughs> likely, I think he's going to go Queen's Park I, I'll say unlikely, I can see him hanging up the boots Because I remember when he joined us He said it was a bit embarrassing going to the third tier Just for his own ego So I can see him doing it again I'm going to go unlikely as well I think he's got a comfy media gig with the BBC So yeah, I think that'll be him I'll go unlikely I'll go likely, OG Broomhill uh, Right back is, is just waiting in the wings um, and finally, Partick Thistle will win the 22-23 Championship. Likely, mate. It's draw, lose, or draw. Likely. That's a spirit, Reese. That's a spirit. Nice, nice little sound bite if we end up finishing right. <laughs> bad position, but likely. I'd have went likely for top two, David, but you're not getting me on, on winning title. I'm going to go unlikely. I think we have a 66% chance of winning the title. So, <laughs> like, like 66 is higher than 50, so likely I'll go likely. 
Right, we're obviously we're, we're on for two hours, so I don't want a full breakdown now. But at the start of the season, David, I want a full breakdown on every team's percentage of chance if we are 66. How are you divvying up the rest of the 34% between the other nine teams? Jackie Lowe will still be chairman at the start of the 23-24 season. Unlikely. Uh, unlikely. 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 Well, thanks for your, your likely unlikely, David. A highlight of the summer. We'll finish as we always do with Partridge Thistle. And after myself and David arrived in Inverness at five past six on Friday night, thinking it was a five past seven kickoff, I'm going to ask you all, when have you ever been early for something? Everything, everything in my life I end up being early for. Even this podcast that I said to you, I'll be 15 minutes late and I'm still here early, mate. Um, like even Jamie, Jamie will back this up. Every time I go to get the bus, like I'll finish work like half an hour before the bus leaves and I'll, I'll have to text like the guy that organises the bus saying, uh, I'll be 10 minutes late, by the way. And then the bus hasn't left at like 10 past and he's like, oh, we're waiting on Reese. I'm like, I'm sitting up the back. I'm just always there. <laughs> That's true. I think the only time you've ever been missing was Hamlin away the 6-1 game. Just vanished. Oh, so it's me. I know, mate. I was walking up to the, the Morrisons after the game where the bus always is and the bus was like parked outside the ground. <laughs> Jamie? Every single away game this season, mate. I don't know what's going on. We seem to get, I don't know, we get there an hour early now. I don't know what's happening this season. David, other than Friday, when have you been? I don't know why I'm asking you. Yes, you're always late. I was going to say it's a short list. As as Matt Lucas, <laughs> I'm late for fucking everything in my life, including my wedding, everything. Right, um, absolutely everything. I I done my dissertation at uni because I was late for the class and they were handing out reports due, and I ended up getting Albania and ended up really liking it and doing the dissertation. If I'd been on time, I wouldn't have got it and. Um, I would have, I would have done my dissertation something else. My entire life is dictated by Lanus. However, I was an hour and a half early for Robot Wars live um, at the uh, the big warehouse out in Renfrew. Um, me and my wife turned up stupidly early to see Robot Wars, and she had to tell me to calm down because I just turned into basically those people shouting at Ross Docker um, <laughs> in the stands. But I was telling like Sir Kill a lot to like buy that cunt and all that, and my, my wife is like, "There's children about here," and I'm like, oh, I saw that. Snap them, all that. Aye. Yeah, early for Robot Wars, late for my own wedding. It really does sum me up in a nutshell. I think that's a nice that's a nice place to leave it for the season. Um, that's us for the season then. Thanks very much for, for listening throughout the season. We'll be back periodically throughout the summer, but we'll be back to weekly episodes when, when the football kicks kicks off again in July. David, Jamie, Reese, thanks for joining us. Stay safe and enjoy your summer. The sky's red tonight. We've seen Scott Tiffany, your beauty. Tonight. No like Cheers, Ian. I Akinola tidies up, puts it back to Harry Stone, who gives the ball away to Nicky Lowe, who fires home. It's such a shame. Goes long, Sutherland's in behind, Steadman's come a long way here, doesn't get it, and Shane Sutherland rolls it in for number two!
Jimmy Snyder made a hash of it. So come and face me now. It's Tiffany looking to wreak more havoc. Oh, that's brilliant from Tiffany. He's on two as well. It's money off the post. And it's Graham. Can I just say I cannot believe that you got Rodden and Tiffany. Can I apologise to all Patrick Thistle fans for their media performance because I can imagine what it was like. Their combined IQ is about 100. Lanigan, chips to the cross, must be a chance, goal number four for Patrick Thistle. Congratulations to Jamie Snedden in the back four. It's obviously a tremendous achievement to now go eight clean sheets in a row in all competitions. I'm just delighted you can see the line of the pitch, to be honest, because I'm struggling to see it. Tiffany's crossed to the back post, McKeever attacking it, heads it back down. Yes! It's a winner for Thistle! It was Alex Stuart Bannigan. Don't turn it off, drops. I haven't actually spoken to David Linden, I didn't see him this week. But I've caught up with Alan Brown a few times. <laughs> I just, I don't know why they tweet. <laughs> and here is Doherty with the right foot, tries a bend and one, it's in off the bar! What a goal from Ross Doherty! If you don't have a dream, you can't have a dream come true. We will beat 10th place Queen of the South. <laughs> That's a nice touch from Graham and now Tiffany's Queen through. He's got Jakubiak to his right, Tiffany goes himself, it's still Scott Tiffany! And it is the sucker punch that Queen of the South feared! I thought we were utter dog meat uh, and Queen's deserve to win.